Welcome to the King's Healing Room Podcast, where we are a kingdom ministry within global presence. We are located at 4326 Pharaoh in Syracuse, New York, 13219, where the executive pastor is Elder Yulon Jones and the senior pastor and founder is Bishop Brian K. Hill Sr. All are welcome. breathe. 
Oh, Father, we thank you for your forgiveness, the forgiveness of our sins, sins that we have committed, unconfessed sins. Lord, we thank and we praise you for healing of the minds and the bodies. We thank and we praise you for leading and guiding our footsteps, for continuing to protect us from hurt, harm, and dangers, and dangers unaware, seen and unseen. We thank you for your sustaining power, for keeping your hands upon your chosen. We thank you and we praise you for leading and guiding our lives, for watching over and protecting us continually each and every day of our lives. We thank and we praise you for those who have placed in our lives. We thank and we praise you, O oh God, for your word, for your word is power, your word is life, everlasting. We thank and we praise you for our bishop and our pastor, the King's Healing Room family, their families, their children, their children's children. We thank and we praise you, O oh God, and ask you to continue to keep your hand upon each and every soul that belongs to you. Lord, we ask that you bless those that are sick and afflicted in their bodies, the destitute, the lost. Lord, that they may turn and seek you and come back to you, O oh God. For we know that you are married to the backslide. Oh, gracious Father, we ask that you meet each and every need, oh God, mentally, physically, financially, but most of all, spiritually, oh God. Lord, we thank you for everything, and we thank you for nothing. For we deserve nothing, oh God. But we thank you, we praise you for the blessings that you bestow upon us each and every day. The ones that we see and the ones that we don't and the ones that are in their way. We thank and we praise you for hearing our prayers, O oh God. Lord, and taking time with each and every one of us to let us know in your own way that you are with us, that you will never leave us or forsake us. Those that need encouragement, O oh God, give them encouragement. Lord, those that have lost loved ones, continue to let them know that you are with them. Lord Jesus, we thank and we praise you on this day. That your word go forth, O oh God. That it touch the minds and the hearts that wish to receive it. Because your word is precious. It's a precious gem. Lord, there is nothing like it. And there will never be anything like it. Let your word go forth and saturate the minds and the spirits of your people. And those that give an ear to hear, let them hear what thus says the Lord. Lord, as I decrease, you increase. Use me 
Speak through me as you will. We will never fail to give you the praise, the honor, and the glory, asking you to let your spirit have free reign in this place. Set the atmosphere in this place. We love you with all our hearts, minds, soul, and strength. We will never, ever fail to give you the praise, the honor, and the glory that is due to thee. In your precious and holy name, O gracious Father, we pray. Amen. And thank God. Glory to God. God speaks to all. He speaks to all over and over and over again. He speaks to us through scripture. He speaks through us. He speaks to us through people. He speaks to us through situations, even sicknesses, even sorrow and death. He speaks and you say, I'm not ready. Now this morning's lesson is you are not ready yet. And there will be a continuation of this lesson on Sunday, God's will, with our very own Elder Walter Howard Jr. Will there come a time when it's said it's too late to answer unto God? Will there come a time? And the answer to that is yes. There will be a time where it's too late to answer God. The Bible says that it's, it is appointed once to die, but after this, the judgment. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27. If God is calling you and you're telling God you're not ready, don't let it be said too late. Now is the time to serve God. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Harden not your hearts. Hebrews chapter 3 verse 15. Can someone be so rebellious or some or most be so rebellious in arrogant sin that they pass the point of no return? Wait for it. Wait for it. The answer to that is yes, it can happen. 
When God is calling you, when I heard about God, and I didn't know who he was, it was never ministered in, my, in the home that I was raised in. My mother was Catholic. My dad was Baptist. But it was never ministered of who God was. So I had no idea of how many there were. If there was one, if there was two, if there was three. But God uses people to get the word. And he said, my word shall not come back more. And that word got to me. And it was an answer to prayer. Because I would look up and say, I don't know how many there is. But I need, I need help. And he spoke through a person. And I didn't harden my heart. I took heed to what was being said and went and gave my life to Christ. Went down in the water baptism and came up a new creature. And I'm not going to say that the walk was easy. It never is. Because as long as you're in this flesh, the enemy is going to be at you. Especially when you get closer and closer to serving God. He, that's something he don't want. He knows what it's like up there. He was there at one time. Until he got the big head. And he had to be thrown from that place. The seductive excuses. Seductive excuses. Or I should say, the sedative excuses. My mistake, the sedative excuses. And we know that a couple weeks ago, we spoke about excuses. Coming up with all these different excuses. We get a job. And time goes by. And he comes to us again, speaking of the Father. Comes to us again. And he says, follow me. That's what he says. And we say, yes, Lord. Real quick. Yes, Lord. I will follow you. But first, let me put my kids through school. But first, let me put my kids through school. Let me say this to you, because I say it to myself. Delayed obedience is disobedience. And I'm going to say that again. Delayed obedience is disobedience. 
to that to be one of the most common reasons. One of the most common reasons people fall, fall short of the will of God in their lives. Because they want to do other things instead of giving heed to God. When being called of God, so many people, so many, are continuously waiting for the right time before they step out and do what God has called them to do. Let me tell you something. There's never a right time. The time is now. While you're above ground, while God has placed breath into your body, if he has called you to do his will, get on your job. Because there's never going to be a right time. Your time it's not his time. It was once said, those who forever seek the will of God are overrun by those who actually do it. That means you can say, I'm going to seek God all day long and twice on Sunday and every day of the week and twice on Sunday. But those that actually do it are the ones that are doing what they say that you are going to do. They are seeking God. Your action should speak louder than your words. You have to put action behind your words that you speak. And if not, that's like water on a duck's back. You can say that all day long and not accomplish a thing. We all recognize that there are times and seasons in God and that we or that sometimes God will tell us to wait. There are times and seasons in God and there's times that he will tell us to wait. Be still and know that I am God. Because sometimes we can be going so quick and we can miss something. And he had to tell us, wait. Be patient and wait. And that was one of my problems. And I'm working hard on it. My patience. I might have patience with some things. I don't have patience with all things. And I'm not going to stand before God and you in line. But he's working on me. And he's helping me work things out. But it's in his time. I just have to be patient and wait. 
We cannot be acting without thought or care and go off the deep end doing whatever we please whenever we please and just hope God will somehow work it all out. Now you don't went and you done did what you wanted to do and how you wanted to do whatever you wanted to please and, what, and however you wanted to please and now you want God to work out your mess. When you should have went to him first because you just can't act any old kind of way being a child of the king. You can't do whatever you want, whatever you please, however you, you desire to do. No, you need to go to God first and see if this is going to line up with his will, his word, and his way. But you hoping that he'll work things out for you. And I'm not saying that he can't and he won't. But he'll let you walk on it for a while. Because you got yourself in that mess. Or whatever it is that you've been that you did. That can be, and that can prove to be a fatal mistake. But it can be just as big a mistake to wait and wait forever until everything is just right before we act. Biggest mistake ever. Nothing is going to ever be the right time. Nothing. No matter how hard you try to make things right. Oh, I got I to gotta do this. I got to get this right. And I got to get that. Mm -mm. Don't let it be said too late. When God speaks to us, when God speaks to us, and he does, no matter what we think, you know, his thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our, our ways. If we acknowledge him, we will direct our path. But no matter what we think, we must obey because it is he, capital H-E, not us, who always knows the right time. He knows when it's the right time. We ain't got a clue. He sees the beginning and the end and all in the middle. He sees everything. He knows when it's the right time. As it can be said, even God can't steer a parked car. And I'm not saying that he can't pick it up and, yeah. But it's just the same, even God can't steer a parked car. The enemy is busy. The enemy will see to it that there are imperfect circumstances.
continually in our lives if he knows we will just wait and keep waiting and waiting until the timing seems perfect. He will continue to throw obstacles in your way because for one thing, he don't want you to stop serving him. He wants you to continue to serve him instead of serving the Almighty God. So he'll continue to throw things in your way. We must allow the Holy Spirit, not our circumstances, to determine what that right timing is. Now in the book of Luke, chapter 9, verses 59 to 60, we read of a story of someone whom Jesus called to follow him. Now this is in the book of Luke. And he said unto another, follow me. But he said, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. And the response was, and Jesus said to the spirit, and this is the response, unto him, he told him, let the dead bury their dead, but go thou and preach the kingdom of God. Now he told this person, let the dead bury the dead, but you go and preach the kingdom of God. How many times has God told his chosen, let that alone, and you go and do as I ask. You go and minister to so-and-so. You go and bless so-and-so. You go and see so-and-so. How many of us? Now, I know most of us have read this scripture, even myself, and I just didn't understand it. I just didn't understand what the scripture was saying. And there's most of us that may have read scriptures over and over and over again and still couldn't get it. We're not going to know everything about God's word. We're only going to know what he allows us to know. It's not given to one man. But he gives us enough, more than enough. It takes a lifetime to live one scripture. Love. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, mind, soul, and strength. It takes a lifetime to live that. It takes a lifetime to live the next scripture, which fulfills all the law of Christ. Love thy neighbor as you love thyself. And these two hang all the law of Christ. 
takes a lifetime to live a scripture. In my mind, in my little infinite mind, I felt that Jesus was not fair to this poor young man. And the man did not respond negatively to Jesus' call. He didn't respond negatively to it. He didn't say, no, Lord, I will not follow you. He didn't say that. Actually, he was quite positive and made a simple request. His simple request was, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. To go through, to experience what he was going through, what he was, what he, what he, what he said that he was going to do. Was this so much to ask? Now this was a question to God. After all, which, after all, which of us would not want to attend our father's funeral? Which of us? Or which of us wouldn't want a day off to bury a dead loved one? Which of us? Which of us would not have made the same request if one of our parents had just died? Which of us? So you know you have to read that scripture over and over and over trying to understand it. Some scriptures you've got to constantly read over and over. Some scriptures you can read and you can get revelation just that quick. Well, I ain't that one. I, I have to read over and over. And I don't mind. Because even if I don't understand it, I believe it, I receive it. And when it's my time to understand whatever it is that I need to understand, I am quite sure my father will let me know. So finally, putting the Bible down, I asked the Lord, why was he so impatient with that poor young man? Now it takes a lot for me to ask a question to our father. And it's not that we can't. But I'm kind of fearful, you know? Because I've read about the things that he did to some folks in the Old Testament, okay? I really, and he ain't one to be playing with, okay? Now he loves us, but he'll chastise us too. So I'm like pretty, pretty nervous about asking him questions. I just, I just take it as it is. Easy peasy, easy peasy. But he is so loving. He is so loving towards us. 
And I asked them, couldn't you have, couldn't you, Lord, have given him an extra day to go and bury his father? But see, these are but these are the questions that we ask God for getting. He's God. And he knows everything. And he knows everything that's going on. But we tend to forget. So we go and ask. And like I said, he is such a gentleman, but he loves us so much. And the Holy Spirit speaks so gently to the heart, so clearly. And rather than answering the question that I had asked, he asked me a question of his own. And he said, what makes you think the man's father was dead? Now that right there is a mind blower. That blew my mind right there. Because if you read that scripture, and as you read the scripture, again and again, and realize there is nowhere did it say any time that the father had died. Did not say that. Duh. That was me. Didn't say it anywhere. It says only that young man wanted to wait to follow Jesus until he had a chance to bury his father. Never said his father was dead. Didn't say that. Now that's an eye-opener. Not only a mind-blower, and I always said, Lord, you know, my little mind, I, it, it can't, it, you just, you blow my mind real quick, real quick with the things that you do and you say and how you express your, your love. Uh, it's not only an eye-opener, but it's a mind-blower too. To realize exactly what was going on there in that scripture. This young man wanted to put off obedience to the call of Jesus until a more convenient time for him. Not for God, but for him. Now, perhaps his father was old and surely would not live much longer. It's a possibility, possible. But the young man thought, after my father is dead, that would be a much more convenient time to follow Jesus. So he thought. He probably figured that Jesus would be around for the next 50 years or so, preaching and teaching. And surely he had plenty of time, so he thought. But guess what? But within three years, 
Jesus would go to the cross. Within three years, after speaking to that young man, he would go to the cross. And the chance to walk with him and learn from him. One on one would have passed forever if he only knew whose face he was looking at. This young man had no idea whatsoever how precious, how rare, and how lasting for a short time this invitation was. Had no idea. He missed the opportunity of his lifetime because of two costly words. Wait for it. Wait for it. Wait for it. But first, those are the two words that cost him. But first, but first, let me go. But first, Lord, suffer me to go and bury my father. Two costly words. He had no idea that he was standing in the presence of God Almighty in the flesh. No idea. No idea. What an opportunity. And he blew it. Can you see it? Can you see it? This is what so many of us do. You have the opportunity. He comes to you. He calls you. You know his voice. And you put it off. But first, let me do this. But first, let me do that. But first, I have this to do. But first. And you miss the opportunity of a lifetime. No one's guaranteed to live forever. Jesus comes to us, perhaps in our youth, and he says, follow me. We say, yes, Lord, I will follow you. But first, let me finish my education. There's that, but first. Didn't Evangelist Brown say, don't let your, your butt cause you your blessing? Don't let your butt stop your blessing. 
Okay. Excuse me, Moana. Don't let your butt stop your blessing. Correction. I thank you very much for that. But first, time goes by. Time goes by. We graduate. And then he comes to us again. Follow me. We say, well, he says, he says, then he comes to us again, follow me, he says. We answer. Correction, don't let your butt block your blessing. I was wrong. Lord, let me go back, because we was both wrong. Says, don't let your butt block your blessing. That's the correct. That's the correct saying. That was the correct message. Wasn't there for that. But you know what? Don't let that butt block your blessing. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Forgive me, y'all. I'm only human. And I do make mistakes. I ain't perfect yet. But we'll be working on it. And he's helping me. But the time goes by. And we graduate. And then he comes to us again. Follow me, he says. We answer. Yes, Lord. I will follow you. But first, let me get a job and save up some money so I have money to fall back on. We get a job. Time goes by. And he comes to us again. Follow me, he says. We say, yes, Lord, I will follow you. But first, let me put my kids through school. There's that but first. The kids grow up and are grown, and they leave the house, and they have children of their own. He comes again. Follow me. We say, yes, Lord, I will follow you. But first, let me retire from my job so I can collect my pension. The years fly by faster than we expected. The young become old, and soon life is spent. One day, they lower our bodies. 
into the earth to return to dust. And in the end, so many never followed God's call. All those times he had been calling you, and you've been saying, yes, Lord, I will follow you, but first, all those times, and now you're in the ground, and you still have to follow him. It was too late. But he had given you ample time. And he kept coming to you. Each but first, he kept coming. And still, you didn't follow. My friends and believers, the greatest tragedy in the world is a wasted life. The greatest tragedy in the world is a wasted life. Real life in its fullest sense is not merely having a pulse, but doing the will of God. Many are dead while they live. Let the dead bury the dead. Not only are they physically dead while alive, but they are also spiritually dead. Jesus said, but, thou, but go thou and preach the kingdom of God. That's in Luke chapter 9, verse 60. That's what he told the young man. But you go and preach the kingdom of God and let the dead bury the dead. And that was a missed opportunity that he'll he never get that back. Now we're all familiar with the 12 disciples. These were the ones who responded to Jesus' call. But I wonder how many people had a chance to respond to the call but did not respond? How many did he feed? How many did he minister to from city to city? How many sick did he heal? Blind did he heal? Lame did he heal? Devils that he cast out? Think of the thousands that he fed. And the thousands that he ministered to. How many of them do you think responded to his call? But we do know of 12 that did. This young man might have been disciple 13. There might have been a book of the Bible named after him. If he had responded. Who knows? His name might have been one of those written on the foundations of the New Jerusalem. But today, we do not know his name. What a shame. We know only of the epic missed opportunity. An opportunity that he had of a lifetime 
and he blew it. How many of you are going to blow your life away by not following his call? In Matthew, oh, matter of fact, let me go forward before I go back. Let's see the difference between his response to Christ's call and the response of those who actually became Jesus' disciples. Now in Matthew chapter 4, verses 18 through 22, it gives the account of Peter and Andrew's call. Now as Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea. For they were fishermen. That was their trade. And he said unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And this is what he said to them. Immediately, they didn't wait, they didn't have excuses. It says immediately they left their nets and followed him immediately without hesitation. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James the son of Zebedee and John his brother, in the boat with Zebedee their father, mending their nets. And he called them. All he did was call them. And immediately, without hesitation, they left the boat and their father and followed him. I love the way Luke describes the same event in his gospel. And when they had brought their ships to land, he says they forsook. In other words, they abandoned all and followed him. Luke chapter 5, verse 11. So let's see how this goes. Immediately, they left their nets. Immediately, they left their boats. They forsook everything and they followed Jesus. What a response. How many of us would have did that? Forsake all. He said, forsake all, pick up your cross, and follow me. And they did. Does this stir up something in your soul when you hear this message? When you read this scripture, does it make you want to jump up with these men and abandon everything and follow the lamb wherever he goes? I ask you, does it? This is what the other unnamed young man was missing. It was not for him to decide when was the right time to obey, he should have immediately
forsaken all, forsaken everything, and answered the call. How many of us has God called to do his work? And we come up with the excuse, but first, how many time is of an essence? The time to serve him is now. Tomorrow's not promised to no man. You could be here one second and gone the next. He said, those that have an ear to hear, let him hear what thus says the Lord. If you hear his voice, harden not your heart. Believe him, believe the gospel. He doesn't lie, he doesn't change. His word shall stand. He said, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall stand. So if God has called you to do a work, turn from your wicked ways. Turn and come to Christ. Answer his call. Answer his call. Life is short. And those that live beyond the years, God bless them because God has allowed that. We don't know how much time we have. But if you're hearing what the Lord is saying and he's compelling you to do his work, immediately jump to it. Immediately jump to his call. His death was not in vain. He loved mankind enough to sacrifice himself for us. He loves you more than you will ever know. He said, I would hate that any should perish, but that all have eternal life. So if God has called you, whatever you may be, whatever the circumstances, harden not your heart. Receive the richness of his word. Amen? I thank God for his word, and I pray that you will be able to take something away from it, that you can apply it to your life, but he is called. If God has called you and has been calling you, he has called. Let us bow our heads as I close in prayer. Amen. Lord, through the gospel, through your gospel, your word, may you bless us the selflessness that you have. May you guide us in every challenge and circumstance or situation that we may face. 
in order to look forward to the life lessons that we will earn. We know you will not give us anything that you know we cannot face either alone or with the help of others. We thank you on this morning for your blessed word and we thank you, we praise you for allowing us to hear what you had to say through your servant. We thank you, we praise you, we love you with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. Let the words of my mouth, the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight. You are our Lord, our strength, our redeemer, our S-O-O-S. You are the savior of our souls. Amen. Mm. Amen. Amen. If you enjoyed this podcast, we have three different ways that you can give. One way is using the Givelify app by downloading Givelify using your iOS or Android device and search the King's Healing Room, where you will see our senior pastor, Bishop Brian K. Hill's senior photo. You also can use our text to give. Here how it works. There are five steps. Step one, text GIVE to 1-844-981-2759, which is a unique to the King's Healing Room. Step two, you will receive a text with instructions. Step three, follow the instructions to set up a given account. Step four, text the amount you want to give and the designation. It could be a tithe, offering, or general fund. In step five, you will receive a receipt via email confirming your gift. And here's the last way you can give. You can use PayPal and send your donation to tkhroffice at gmail.com. That is T-K-H-R-O-F-F-I-C-E at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and remember to subscribe to listen to more messages like the one you have heard. We are the King's Healing Room and we are a kingdom ministry with a global presence.